of Into the Night Minute, a podcast about a movie that has a really good intro and then kind of peters off. Each week, Movies by Minutes host will examine the 1985 John Landis-directed, quote, comedy, Into the Night, <laughs> one minute of screen time per episode. So, uh, once again, on this Tuesday, I am Dave Powell's of 5 Minutes of Mystery. And I am Sean German of 5 Minutes of Mine. And we are both from Groundhog Minute. Groundhog Minute. And so here we are, Tuesday, we're uh, still in, we're in the car here. Uh, on minute 22, and we're on our way to the marina. Uh, we have what I believe is a bad transition. I feel like we could have done something a little bit more sexier uh, for a movie called Into the Night. A little bit mm-hmm. shows more of the night, not just just another another pan another angle of just Jeff Goldblum driving. Yeah, he's driving, and then we're going to uh, just fade into him driving again. Yeah, we see yeah one angle, and then another angle, and then we get a, a different angle, and then they. Uh... They pull over, and Diana has to get out and, and get sick, and then they get back in the car. And and that's a, going. That sounds like a pretty big vomit too. Like she, I mean, I guess the airline food on top of the harrowing assault is not sat well with her, and I'm guessing the the adrenaline is now worn off. So she's now went from like the harrowing like a million things a minute to like, and then the, and then now the and then the cigarette the tip the uh, the nicotine high is also worn off. So now she's just back to being scared, paranoid, and now we're just uh, and now yeah, so yeah. I was worrying about the timing, and I think you hit like all the things I was thinking of, particularly like the adrenaline. Like she's just like, hey, wait, you know, at the moment it's fight or flight, and she's just trying to get away. And now it's like, oh, you know, I'm safe. The the you know the adrenaline fades a little bit, the heart slows a little bit, and then she's like, wait a second, I just saw a guy get killed, and that's not something I usually do. Um, so let's pull over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though she does, you know, she she uh, she handles it well. She doesn't. There's nothing on her blouse. Doesn't splatter anywhere. We don't see her shoes, but at least what we do see uh, seems relatively clean. So I don't know. Good job, Diana. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, and, we, <laughs> and, and Ed does bring up why she doesn't want to go to the police. You know, so he's yeah. starting to re- he's starting to slowly realize something must be you know off. If she doesn't want to go right to the police. Okay. Yeah. When I, and at first I thought my first the, thinking was her being sick was like a ploy to yes. avoid the question. Because it's like right after he mentions, hey, why didn't you want to go to the police? And then, oh, no, oh, I'm going to be sick. Yeah, that's it. You better pull over. But then it, it, it sounds like she really does get sick. So I mean, it's just maybe it's just a coincidence that those things happen together. But like she definitely doesn't want to answer that question. Is, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I think the yeah the are you okay? Her, she goes like uh huh, but she should be like nah, Ed, nah, man. Well, actually, I don't think he, we haven't. Have we actually heard him say? Wait, when did we say Ed? When did we get the? Ed? He, it is in this minute. They say he does say my, and this is I guess this is like his thing, Ed's thing, because he's an engineer. Everything's just the facts. Like last minute, he says you're upset. Like. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, you think like she was just being chased by guys. She like jumped over a railing, landed on your hood, get in the car, like drive, drive, drive. Like, yes, she's upset. And then that just he just comes out and says, my name is Ed. Just all right. You know, Mr. Engineer, just the facts. He's just landed out there. Um, You know, that's 
that's dialogue. That's 1985 dialogue for you. My name is Ed. Oh, hi, Mr. Ed. Nice to meet you. So, yeah, so speaking of just the facts, you said you want to go over some of the facts on, about the movie. Yeah, well, I just um, I just feel like there, there, there wasn't a ton going on this minute. There's a bit of driving. I don't know too much about LA. I don't know if, we're, if there's any interesting sights that we're seeing. We do see some boats. Um, Pier 44, but we, you know, we knew they were going to a marina. That's not a, yeah, a newsflash. So I just wanted, I I thought this might be a good time if we get into, um, you know, our history with this movie when we first saw it. What did we think about it? What do we think about it now? Kind of thing. So, you know, so, so Dave, when did you first see Into the Night? Uh, the first time I ever saw footage of it was at the Denver, (laughs) uh, the Denver convention (laughs) for the podcast host. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim put this on, and I think I looked at it and went, oh, this is a movie? <laughs> oh. Well, this looks like an interesting movie. Looks like there's a lot of things happening here. And then I watched the trailer, and I showed people, uh, my coworkers who were about the same, my same age, I said, I said, would you watch this movie? Have you saw this trailer? They said, yeah, it's got, oh, it's got David Bowie. I said, yeah, it's got Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Fry. Yeah, it's got these people in it. Like, you would think it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch it. Okay. And so, like, I, <clears throat> so I rent it. I pour myself a nice glass of bourbon. I watch it. And as I said, I was like getting annoyed because I'm just like, <laughs> this movie is messy. Like, it's just ill-balanced. Like, I think I, I think when that movie started, I was expecting uh, a drama. I was expecting a thriller with that intro. Mm-hmm. This very almost neo-noir 80s. Uh, we're, you know, everything's going to be constricted, you know, running scared in the sense that like, Everybody's coming after who you know our, our main characters and and, then, and and I was okay with it being the during the day and there's like this kind of tongue in cheek comedy to how you know Ed's wife's cheating on him like it almost kind of, you know it kind of reminded me of the same way Last Boy Scout starts where it's yes, an action movie yeah. but there is some moments of comedy that like show how how just Joe Hollenbeck is like this guy who's like. So deadpan in his delivery. It's the same way I get with Jeff Goldblum's character here. Very deadpan with his delivery. A lot of thoughts, but not a lot of things said. So I said I think I was okay for parts of this movie, but yeah, I think I think when we get to the Hollywood, I think the Hollywood scenes really annoyed me because I felt like we were doing too much slapstick on that. Whoa, he keeps falling. Parts, this is fake. Whoa, Hollywood's fake. Uh, and then like yeah, we get to like unnecessarily like almost Tony Scott levels of like brutal shootouts and deaths mm-hmm. where I was like, yeah, in a Tony Scott film, it feels like it's, it's sad or it's earned where, cause somebody gets shot or killed or died or strangled or blown up or whatever. But in this movie, this movie doesn't feel right. And then, you, and then hold on. We go <laughs> into the yeah. day, take a nap back into the night. I don't feel like that's a legal move. Yes. I don't think you're yeah. allowed to do that in a movie. Like, I don't think you're allowed to this. I was in the context, this is going to be into the night, one night, solo, one night. Exactly, night. You can't just take a nap during the day to then continue into the night. Like it right, it's not into the night and into the next morning. Into the next morning, we'll take a nap. Jeff Goldblum will remind us that he's an insomniac. Go into the night, and then the next morning we'll think about go- having a date going to the airport. That's not what the movie's called. It's called Into the Night. Yeah, because they cover... Well, then it's into, there's like another night, right? This yeah. is like two days. Into the nights, yeah. like Into the nights, yeah. It's a little bit of false advert. Yeah, you hit a, a lot of the same things I was I was thinking of. And on the one hand, like like talking, there's a scene coming up and, and, and 
listeners, I think it's it's a couple weeks down the line, but when you get to, you'll know it. And it's on the one hand, it's you know the comedy rule of three, so they kind of do something three times. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, that was kind of an obvious thing that I think once was enough. You didn't really need three of those. We got the you know it's Hollywood, everything's fake. We we got the message. You really oh man, yeah, just do it once, just once. It was fine, and then I, I said. I think the, 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 all three of them fall and then they're running into the door like a Three Stooges thing. <laughs> yes. And then it's like, oh, but then they murder her. And it's like unnecessarily brutal how they, they – and we go point of view as they strangle her. And I was like, this is unnecessary. Yeah. And, and I mean I thought of like a, a couple different things in terms of – now, we're both East Coast guys. Like I'm more of a – you know, growing up in the suburbs of Philly or New York, you know, those kind of East Coast cities. So L.A. is kind of a different thing. But I know I've seen a lot of L.A. noir kind of things. So there was a little bit of like, oh, is this going to be like Repo Man? Is it going to be like kind of the L.A., you know, urban sprawl, everything spread out, car culture kind of craziness where it's, you know, it's not it's different from New York City or Philly. It's different from yeah. like the compact East Coast cities. But it, it never really hit on that. And then I really thought of, of After Hours is a similar kind of thing. Um, After Hours, also from 1985, is sort of Martin Scorsese's take on the same thing um, or a similar thing where, oh, I'm a director. I have a lot of friends. I'm going to put all my friends in a movie. We don't really need a plot because it's just going to be a crazy night with a million cameos because of all my you know all my friends Mm -hmm. but you know after hours is it happens one night like it's literally like the guy gets off from work and it's the evening the sun goes down crazy night and it ends the sun's coming up and he's you know going back to the office like it's one night and like i feel like that does it right that it's all one night and it gives you an idea of like just crazy adventures in New York City, and you're going to get a ton of cameos. Where this is like, okay, Landis and his L.A. friends versus Scorsese and his New York friends. But yeah, when when they go to taking a nap, they they kind of lost me. And I should I should back up and say I I don't remember this movie from the '80s. I was alive in the '80s, but I think my first exposure was you know the same time you got exposed to it in in Denver at the the podcast casting mm-hmm. conference when Jim O'Kane. Um, our illustrious producer and, and sponsor kind of, you know, ran the trailer and, and introduced us to this project. And then a couple of weeks ago, I watched the whole movie start to finish. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and, and I think part of it is I had to like, I really had to look up and like dig into all the cameos. Like there are a ton of people yeah. in this movie. There's people who I'm like, I don't know who that is. But I bet you in 85, people knew who that was. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I got, like, half of it. And I'm sure, like, and it just, it wasn't enough. Where if it was, like, okay, every scene, it's like, oh, yeah. it's that guy, it's that guy, it's that guy. Where yeah. now it was, like, every third or fourth scene, it was like, oh, there's someone. All right. All right. How about this? How about this? All right. You and I right now, or can we rewrite the movie? Are we ready to rewrite this movie yet? Can we do that now? <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's do it. Who's going to stop us? Okay. So, rule number one it's one night. This has to end by like nine o'clock. Yes. I think it's, do they, I think this is a Thursday night. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if we establish what day of the week, like this is Thursday night. This has to end 9am Friday morning. Yeah. That's rule number one. Nine. All right. So, all right. Okay. So what I would do is I would, I think the biggest, 
the biggest problem with this film was the uh, I'm the mistress of this old guy because that doesn't fit well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like he should have because like that movie, that part of the movie is so yeah. They take a nap, they go inside the house. Here's Lou Ferrigno and the, the wife and this old guy who's in a bed. And you're like what? And it's a land grab, and they get the diamonds. And now we're gonna get the diamonds back to her. It felt very circular. Well, yeah, and that kind of felt like, and I, 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 I kind of hesitate to admit I never really got it. But then it's like, and maybe it's like an El, again a West Coast versus East Coast thing with like Chinatown. Like Chinatown's a great movie. Yeah great suspense kind of thriller but then like when they explain the whole plot i'm like what like is so this is just you know who framed roger rabbit like what what's really going on here and like when the whole like when it was just this is a jewel heist great jewel heist i'm with you i'm on board yeah everyone loves a jewel heist and then it was like oh there's some escrow there's some real estate escrow thing and i was like oh no so just jewel heist forget about the land sexy Real yes. estate is not sexy. Yes. Real Jewel- estate. Uh, uh, yeah. If you see a house and it's like a beautiful house, that could be sexy. But like the concept of paperwork on a house is not yeah. sexy. Especially any anyone who has ever bought a house or been a, a party to any real estate transaction knows there's nothing sexy about it. Yeah. There's a stack of papers that need to be signed and yeah. notarized and yeah. lawyers get involved versus yeah. like diamonds like someone's just got a black bag you know a felt bag yeah. full of gems like so yeah yeah just the gems are sexy it's a heist film they're smuggling it out of the country there's you know yeah great you got this the, the iranian secret service after them i think all right yeah I, you keep the iranians and you get the, you get the, what you do is you have to streamline it where they the hollywood thing is quicker uh and what i want to do is i want to keep i want to keep those frenchs i want to keep the french assassin I want mm-hmm. to keep the Iranians. I want to keep the French. I want to keep the Iranians because there's there's two those there's there's two black hitmen with the French guy. I want to keep them in. I want to keep the uh, the Iranian woman, her henchman in, and I want to have a, one more party, uh, maybe something to do with Hollywood. Like we 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 we, we streamline the Hollywood storyline better, and that's where we we keep we keep um we keep freaking David Bowie in. We keep yeah, more David yeah. Bowie. Because I felt like David Bowie's character was better than this movie deserved. And he felt like, when as soon as I saw him, he felt like Vincent from Collateral. I immediately yeah, felt like yeah. he was this this smooth-talking, beautiful-looking guy that will pull a knife and a gun on you and leave you dead in the alley without a moment's hesitation. Well, I also feel like there should be... Oh my I, god, what if he... Oh, that's... You, you had him introduced as, like, an undercover cop, and you think he's an undercover cop, and then he kills somebody, like, like very cold-blooded, and you realize, no, that's a ruse, because she's hiding the jewels somewhere, and he's got to find out where. So what I want is, I do want the movie to still end with that shootout in the L.A. airport, because it's such a cool thing, and then, like, yes. FBI doesn't know what to do with them, and then the movie can kind of end, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want this... I want more panic, I want more... We're trying to make all these. You know what I want? What I want actually? I actually just want more to live and die in L.A. Like I actually want that. <laughs> I want this idea of just trying to have all these plates spin and all, all yeah. these people don't know. And I mean, to live and die in L.A. Have you ever watched that? That remember the car chase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just that's a, that's a, that's a. If you want to talk about L.A., that's a movie to watch. Eighty-five, well, same year. William Freakin ooh, with yeah, William 85. Peterson in it. Amazing film. Go see it. All right, so. Look. Let me know what you think of this. Okay. And I'm I'm not usually someone that argues for 
like a romantic plot thread or, or you know a love interest in a movie that's not a romantic movie. Okay. But I think that the the contrast and, and you were talking about like kind of the um, I forget the word you use, like the, the hectic or like just the, the manic nature of, of the night and the craziness and everything. Mm-hmm. I think we need a little bit of contrast. Like, so there should be a scene at some point where like Diana is going to meet someone to make some kind of exchange at a nightclub. Yeah. And then and then Ed runs into a female co-worker who has always been kind of had, you know, been hitting on him. And now she sees him out on the town without his wife. And so she's hitting on him. And then he's got to like, and then he's got to struggle with, okay, I've got to be kind of normal for this romantic entanglement. But then, then I've got the crazy, hectic, um, you know, manic jewel heist thing that's also going on at the same time. And like seeing him, switch between trying to be normal versus trying to handle the hectic situation. Maybe that gives me a little bit more. I know. I just feel like, like Jeff Goldblum, he's and and part of the issue, frankly, for me, for this movie is I'm not a huge Jeff Goldblum fan. Mm -hmm. And I know some people are, and that's fine. If you are, I feel like he's, he's just, he's Jeff Goldblum the whole time. I think Jeff Goldblum now is like, it's hard to hate Jeff Goldblum now because he just seems such a charming man. Yeah. And he is a person. Like, I, you can't hate him as a man. Like, he just seems to be so charming. Oh, just watch me. And No, I mean, I, I don't hate him. But I think, like, if, 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 if it gave him a chance to show a little bit more range and, like, a yeah. little bit more of, okay, you know, just trying to handle those two different situations. Yeah. And I think... Um, yeah, because like one of the things After Hours did is there were a lot of different threads, a lot of different situations, and 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 then you know of course everything the the different plot threads end up merging and crossing and interchanging and everything. Um, so like and for your like your under cop over cop thing, so like he so like Diane has to meet someone at a bar or at a club, and like she goes to a back room, and then Ed's waiting for her at the bar, and while he's just standing there nursing a drink, some woman comes up and starts chatting him up, and then like, he kind of get, you know, he likes her, and she likes him, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll kind of fool around a little bit, or they're just, you know, they're flirting while he's waiting, and then they have to leave, but then they end up, you know, he has to leave when Diana comes back, but then... You know, later they're at a burger joint or like 4 a.m. at a donut shop. And then he runs into the same woman. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, we were, you know, got the beer munchies or whatever. And they, they pick up their flirting again. And then the woman comes back at the end and it turns out she was an undercover cop and she's been following the whole time. But like, like, I think that might. Yeah, I might. I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. I also I want there to be. And also, like, I, I do want there in a, in a sick way to say this. I do want there to be death of people, but I want it to have a little bit more emotional impact. Because, I mean, I guess, because, like, I mean, um, um, the actress, that, that hurt. Because it looked like they were good friends. And yeah. she just accidentally had the jewels, and that's what attracted the Iranians to kill her. And well, I yeah, was, and that, that was kind of messed up. Yeah, that, and I, kinda... but I was, I was also thinking that, like, you mentioned a co-worker, so it'd be either some lady or it'd be Dan Aykroyd's character. For some reason, they're there or something and like they get they at one point get killed in the crossfire and so like now jeff goldblum like feels bad like he dragged someone from his old life into this moment yes so we could have something like that where it's just you know or they told him to run that way like get to safety and that coincidentally was where the bad guys were coming and you know 
you know, it's kind of, remember that, like I said, once again, that, that moment in Collateral where it's like, <laughs> it's Mark Ruffalo is leaving the club and he thinks he's got Jeff, uh, Jamie Foxx. All of a sudden, Mark Ruffalo just gets shot right in the head, dead. And then, and then, and then Tom Cruise just grabs Jamie Kennedy and then, you know, they leave. And it's just so sudden and shocking. So it's, it could be something like that. Like I said, the movie has, there's, there's some bare bones here that I really like that just, I don't know. Maybe John Landis. I said like it's funny. Like the directors I would say to do this movie were William Freakin and Michael Mann, who were working on *To Live and Die LA and *Manhunter* during this time. So it's like they couldn't do it, even if I wanted them to do it. <laughs> right. And obviously, like J- John Landis is like not a knock on on him as a director at all. I mean, his you know his resume. His, you know the and I'm sure other um, you know it's come up, but just just going up from. Kentucky Fried Movie in 77, Animal House 78, Blues Brothers 80, American Werewolf in London 81, Trading Places 83. He did it. Uh, well, we can, uh, I'll skip over a couple things, but, um, you know, Michael Jackson Thriller in 83. Then he does this in 85. Um, Spies Like Us in 85, Three Amigos, Amazon Women on the Moon in 87. I mean, that's just an all time classic. Coming to America. I mean, the guy can make a movie. Um, what he doesn't, and, and he did. I mean, Blues Brothers is kind of an action movie. It's, it's you know, car chases. It's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, forever, re- I guess you know. Hey, nobody's perfect. For whatever reason, I think this is kind of a a, a near miss for me. But then, you know, like we've said, if it's eighty five and you recognize more of these cameos, I I do think that makes it a better movie. I think I would enjoy this more if I was you know, 30 or 40 something in the eighties watching it then versus being a 30 or 40 something in the 2010s kind of thing. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't That's really awesome. know now with John Lance cause like his son's been a real POS. So oh, really? I hadn't heard about that. That's oh yeah. Shame. Yeah. His son, uh, you know, like, like there was some, there was some stuff that came out earlier, how he was, uh, he's not being a good guy, the real pervy SOB. Hmm. So, Ooh. That's we don't like that. Yeah, like so that you know, I so like I'm like I'm just I haven't heard from either of them in a while, so I'm just kind of like you know what I don't need either of them right now. If if uh, and actually I'm looking like he hasn't really done much anywhere. I mean he's probably like done done. John Lance is probably considered retired. I don't really see him doing anything else. Yeah, he hasn't directed in a while. The last thing I'm seeing in IMDb is what 2012. It was an episode of Franklin and Bash, that was a which good is show. I like that. did someone have like pictures of him? Like I just mm, I don't know. <laughs> they just with his resume, that seems like an odd thing to just jump in and do an episode of Franklin and Bash, whatever. But um, I mean, he's like he's got more recent things where he's on as producer, but that could just be eh, he writes a check kind of thing. Like I don't know how active he is. Yeah, you know, is he every day on the set? You know, oh, solving no. problems or whatnot. Wait, um, you know, there's the American Werewolf in London remake. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen because it looks like director is his son Max Landis. Oh, it's his son. Uh, oh no, 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 no! We don't like you right now. No. Yeah, Max Landis. Like the last thing he did that was popular was Bright, and then oh, and cr- uh, he wrote oh. Chronicle and Bright. And then, yeah, but then he got, like I said, like, a lot of women came out and said, you're being a real POS. Yeah. And he also wrote uh, Dirk, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which I heard was good. But like I said, like... Yeah. Oh, that was Max Landis? Yeah. So it's kind of one of these things. Right. Yeah. I know some people like like what he wrote. And I, I know there were some things that he wrote that I was interested in, but I mean, it okay. doesn't matter now. If you oh, and it. it looks like it looks like the 
the American Werewolf in London, they're doing the the gender swap, where it's a woman who gets bitten by the werewolf instead of a guy. Well, if they actually do it. If they actually do it. But is it? I Do I care? No, I don't yeah. care. You have the original yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like that's that's enough for Tuesday, right? Yeah. That's... that's... <laughs> I feel like we got to pace ourselves. It's going to be a long week. So, long we don't need week. to, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, so, you know, these, you know, these two crazy kids are just trying to make their way through, uh, through the world and they continue trucking on in, um, whatever Ed's piece of dish. Tie- <laughs> Ooh, we're going to have to bleep that. Sorry, Jim. His, uh, uh, Jim's, it- uh, he's ripping his own throat out right now out of rage. Sorry. You, you know, die. so they're just, they're just trucking down the road in, um, in Ed's POS old, car there and uh yeah. yeah and so we'll just we'll just we're gonna keep on trucking ourselves yeah. on to uh under the next episode yeah. um and so you know so listener you can uh listeners you can you can truck on down to uh well itunes or google play or or any of your regular uh podcast spots to find into the night podcast or uh or at our main site nightminute.com and uh we're also on social media at the King Lives Listener's Limo on Facebook. That just rolls off the tongue. And, uh, <laughs> and, and on, on Twitter, at Night Minute. Um, and so that's that's going to be it for uh, for this Tuesday. Please come on back tomorrow. I've been I've been Sean German of Groundhog Minute. I've been Dave Pounce of Groundhog Minute. And uh, you've, been, uh, you've been the listeners on Into the Night Minute. Into the Night! Do-do-do-do-do! <laughs> Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. <laughs>